Okay, we are continuing the Yerucha Shurim. We're learning Schiras Palim. We're in the second week. And the Shurim, as we said, for Chedesh Teve, sponsored by the Nakdimen family, Lila Nishmas, Esther, Basavra, Malash, Alam. And tonight is also the 19th yard site of my wife's grandfather, Reb Chaim Kreisworth, Zechrein Levracha, the Antwerp and Arav, Okay, we are continuing learning here about backing out of jobs. So today, we're going to continue that discussion. We had a very lumdish year last time. Um, and now we're starting on page 35. And on page 35, we're going to learn about the difference between a poyel and a kablon backing out of a job. So, um, let's start on page 35. At the top there, the Shulchan Aruch. Sif Dalid, Shin Lama Gimel Sif Dalid. Keitzad din ha-poyel she-choyzer boy. Achar she-hischil. Shomun loy ma'asha oso v'noytel. So we know that there's a halacha of a poyel, a hired worker, who's hired by the hour or by the day, and he has a right to back out of a job even after he starts. Um, Jews are not slaves, and therefore they have the right not to be forced to work if they don't want, and therefore they have a right to back out of a job even after they started. The owner is not allowed to fire him after the job has started. That has um, monetary ramifications. However, a pile, the worker, is allowed to back out because he is not an eved to the uh, to the employer. So, what's the now? This is a case where there is no loss involved for the owner by him backing out, meaning there's no loss to his product, or as we'll see, and we talked about with the flax and that type of thing. It's already in the. It's already soaking. If you don't take it out, you're going to lose it. That's a dover of it. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But here we're talking about the halacha when the pile is allowed to back out. If, if the employer is a uh, No, it's only talking about Jews. Only Jews, only Jews yeah. So, what's the, how is, what's the halacha of a pile that goes, uh, backs out after he started? So, the first thing is that he can't be penalized for backing out, because he has the right to back out. If he has the right to back out, so that means he gets paid for the work that he has done up until then. Whether the, the job now is more expensive to do or cheaper to do. And we'll see what that means in a minute. It's only if he backs out for just any reason. We saw this once before. If he wants to back out because he wants to work down the block for more money, that he can't do. If I don't want to work, I can't be forced to work. But if I'm planning on working anyways, the Ramah, we talked about this a different time, the Ramah seems to say you can't back out for that reason. We, we thought that maybe we could say that's Tali and Amachlaikis um, if you're allowed to or not. Now, so that is the halacha. So that means to say as follows. That means to say that, um, let's say, he was hired to work for $100 for the day. And he only worked half the day. So he gets paid $50. He worked half the day. Now the Ramah had said, What does that mean to say? That means to say as follows. Now, I, as the employer, 
have to fill the second half of the day. Someone's got to work the second half of the day. Now, let's say if it costs me only $50 to get workers for the second half of the day, which is what I would have paid anyways, so then it's a no-brainer. Obviously, I just pay the $50. But what happens if it's going to cost me $60 to get new workers to finish the day? That's hukra hamalacha. To get someone to finish off the job is more expensive than it was this morning when I hired the guy for $100. So the halacha is still, since the payal was allowed to back out, he is not penalized for that. He gets paid his $50. If it costs the employer $60 now to finish the day, that's his problem. That's his problem. Because since the payal had a right to back out, then he cannot be penalized for, being, for backing out. The only time, as we'll see, that a payal has penalized for backing out is when he's not allowed to back out, like there's a loss or something like that. But Kozman, he's allowed to back out, he's not penalized. If the, right, it's a loss of because he needs to finish the job, but it's not a loss in the, in the job itself. The job could be finished without it being ruined, right? It'll just cost the Balabais more. So again, the pile can't be penalized. If the work goes down, meaning to say that let's say... The only cost him $40 to uh, finish the job. Still, the pile gets paid his $50. In other words, he can't come along and say, pay me 60 right? Either way, he gets paid for what he did. There's a problem with Yashris, in other words, even though the Torah says he you know, can't make him be a, an Evan. He's not being very Okay, so we'll, we'll, it's a very good point. We're going to get to that in a moment. Very good point. Okay, now, Vim Kablonu. Now, this is the tricky part. What if he's a Kablon? A Kablon is someone who is not paid by the hour or by the day. A kablon is a machlaikis, really what it is. But if you look at the shach um, on, the, on the top there, on, on Ois Chaf, the shach says, um, he says, he says like this, um, he says, this is talking about the person who took a job of uh, pressing wine or putting the wine into barrels, a certain amount of barrels. So he says, That's the key line. The way he's getting paid is not by days, or by weeks or by months. It's not, you're not being paid by the time. He's being paid by the job. Being paid by the job is called a kablon, not a payal. A payal is a worker who's paid for his time. A kablon is a worker who's paid for his job. Since a kablum is paid by the job, so that means he, on one hand, is not mishubud to do it specifically in certain hours, as long as he gets the job done. By definition, therefore, he's not an evid, because he has the prerogative when to do it and when not to do it. If he's not an evid, he doesn't have ki avodayim, and therefore he is not allowed to back out of a job. So on one hand, since he has perks, which makes him not being an Eved, that costs him, so to speak, that he can't back out of a job. So a Kablon is not allowed to back out of a job because he is not an Eved. By making him stay, that's not Avdus. Because Avdus means you're forcing me to do something. All I'm forcing you to do is to finish your job. You can do it whenever you want. That's not an Eved. An Eved has to do the job when the master says to do it, not on his own time. That is the Pasha, the Shach's way of understanding a Kablon. There are other Achroinim um, 
that say that an interesting thing, they want to say that what happens if you have someone who is paid by the hour, but he could work at any time that he wants. When he works, he gets paid by the hour. He's not paid by the job, he's paid by the hour. Some say that might also be a cobbler, which is logical because, again, it's not the same avdus. Um, what happens if you have a cobbler with a deadline, which is similar to this shach? It's very interesting. Much earlier in Hilchas Shutzfin, in Kufay and Bav, it talks about someone who gives someone money to invest. And he tells them, here, you invest, and we're going to, whatever we'll do with the profits. And, but it's a limited amount of time. In six months, you've got to give me back the money. So what is he? So the Smas, the Shulchan Aruch says, um, So the guy who took the money as the investment, he's allowed to back out. He's like a pile. Why is he like a pile? Because since there was a limited time, a set amount of time that he has to do it by and give it back, that makes him a pile. Says the Sma over there, Mashainkan in Shin Lamed Gimel, in our case in the Shulchan Aruch, over there it's talking about you accepted a job to plow a field, build a house, but there was no time limit to when it, a deadline when it has to be done. So therefore that is called a kablon. So that's another definition in a kablon, because here you'll have someone who's really hired for a job, but if there's a deadline to it, that means he's not so much his own balabas. He can work whenever he wants, but he's got to get it done by a certain time. According to the Sma, that's a kablon. So we have here different machlaikas, really, in what's called a kablon. But whichever one is the kablon, a kablon can't back out. And if he does, then yadei ala tachtayna. He's the one who is going to be the loser here. Which means to say, and the Shulchan Aruch goes through the case, but let's just, without going through the complications of knowing slime and dinarim and all these things that just make it very easy. So he's hired, the Kaplan's hired to do a job. The job's going to cost $100. He backs out in the middle of the job. Backs out in the middle of the job. So now, the job was only half done. So now, if the employer could find someone to finish the job for the same amount of money, okay, so 50 and 50. Let's say, like we said, the job to finish it off costs $60 now. So since the Kaplan had no right to back out, even though he did $50 worth of work, but it's going to cost the employer now $60 to finish the job, that $10 comes out of the Kaplan's wages. So he'll only get paid $40 because he has to pay the extra money, even though he did $50 worth of work. But the fact that you did not, you had no right to back out makes you the loser in this case. And it could go so much so, if it costs him $100 to finish the job, that means he'll get zero. He'll get zero. So that is the difference between a Kaplan and a, uh, and a pile. So the pile has a right to back out, and he's not, he's not penalized for it. The Kaplan has no right to back out, and he is therefore penalized. What if it costs $120 to finish this? So that's, that's a big, big problem. That's a big Shiloh. There's a big Shach over here that talks about yeah. what to do in that case. Does he have to pay? Maybe he has to pay nothing in that case. There's a big is what to do. Very good. Yeah, it's a good Shiloh. The would not pay them for their, uh, for their work until the entire job is Correct. Paid. It's done and figure out the, the amount, 100%. Okay. Now, um, now, if you turn to page 38, 
On page 38, we're going to be skipping around again today because I like my order better. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> on page 38, there's a tshuva of the Chassam Seifer, a very interesting tshuva. And over here, it's a story about a young girl who hired herself out to work as a, ser- you know, like a servant, a maid in someone's house. And um, in order to, to ensure that she, you know, that she sticks around, um, she gave a mashka and some collateral of some gold rings um, to the uh, owner. And that was like the, uh, you know, security. And then she taka left and she didn't come back. And no one knows, knows who she is, no one knows who her family is. And now the, the uh, employer wants to be and he wants to know what's really the halacha with those rings. Is, is he allowed to keep them? Um, and he writes that over there there were people who were spreading rumors that really um, she, she came and he didn't want to give it back to her um, and that's why she left and all different types of stuff. So he wants to know what he should do. What's the halacha? So the Chassam Seifer says, um, he says, if it's true that she came and then she left, so he says, so she didn't ask for her rings back. So probably she was Michael. She, probably she was Michael. Now, even though normally he says by a deposit, if a guy just doesn't ask for a back, doesn't mean that he's Michael. He says, but over here, um, over here is different. Why? He says, because um, he says over here, why? Because um, I guess it seems, uh, the case seems to be that, that the Balabai said, I get to keep the mashkin, and then she left. So he says, well, so, so, so you see that she was really Michael. Maybe it's a mechila betos, maybe it's make a mistake. So the point is, is like this. He says, he says, this is already um, like seven lines from the bottom of the first column. He writes, so the thing is like this. Lachaira, if she was allowed to back out because she's a pile, so if she's allowed to back out, he shouldn't be allowed to keep the rings. Right? Why does she get why does she get uh, penalized? Right? The, 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 if she's allowed to back out, a pile's doesn't get penalized. If she doesn't get penalized, she should get back her rings. So he says, nearly It's true she was allowed to back out. It's not Mishnas Chasidim. It's not the proper thing to do to be someone who is a backs out of things. The Gemara uses at times, Klai Yisrael doesn't say lies and they don't back out of things. We don't go back on our word. So it's an interesting thing. So he's saying, even though, and this was you were asking, Abraham, even though a pile is allowed to back out, but the Chassam Seifer says that really it's not the proper thing to do. And therefore, he says a big Chiddush. Since she, even though she's allowed to back out, but she doesn't want to be a not trustworthy person, so therefore that's why she is Michael the Mashkin to the Balabais. So really she can't be penalized, but she wants to walk out of here not being a person who's known to back out on her word. How does she do that? By making sure that he doesn't have a loss and she keeps the mashkin. 
And therefore, he says she could be Michael, and we don't say that it was a Mechila Bitos. We assume she wanted it, so she shouldn't walk out with a bad name. So Chassam Seifer is saying that even though a Pail could be Chayzer Bechatzi Hayyim, however, it's not the proper thing to do. Now, if there's obviously re- reasons and circumstances and things that are doing it, it is mutter, but a person has to make sure there's something, you know, to, be, to the honesty of it. And this goes back to our original discussion. Even giving a word means a lot in halacha. Kol Shekane over here, where you started the job and you're backing out in the middle. So that is the Chassam Seifer. Now let us turn now to page 41. And on page 41, we're going to learn about what about a davar ha'avod? A davar ha'avod, where the employee is backing out and there's going to be a loss of the, um, a monetary loss to the employee. Now the truth is, on page 41 really starts like in the middle of the sit. If you really quickly turn back to page 37, um, which we, we, were, we were before, and this is sif hay on page 37. Right, so the sif before talked about a poil backing out, not being penalized, and a cobbler being penalized. That is if the thing that they're working in is not a loss. Take out the flax from the soaking. We had this before, he hired the band to come, right, and they didn't end up, and even though we said, and we said, Taisva says, even though there's no monetary loss there, but there's a loss, he didn't have a band at the wedding, or he didn't have the flutes at the Levaya, that's a davar ha'avod, now, the Ramah here, we're going to be skipping most of the Ramah because we're going to skip right back to page 41, which skipped most of the Ramah. The Ramah is very long here in Shin Lama Gimel, but there's Kedai to see a few words here. He says, When you have a Mishareses, you have a, a, a servant in the house or an Eved, that's called a Dover Ovid, meaning you have a guy who runs your house. right? You have a housekeeper. They run the house. Now if they back out and one day they just leave you, so your whole house is going to fall apart. They know what groceries are needed. They know when the laundry needs to be done. A balabayas, it's not, that's not his profession. His profession is to go out to work and do what he does. He has a housekeeper to be the housekeeper, right? So he calls that a dover ha'avud. That means, now again, it might not be an actual monetary loss, but it's similar to the band. Something here is not going to get done, and it's like, it's all in her mind. It's irretrievable. It's irreplaceable. I can find someone to try to replace her, but at this moment, my whole house is going to go to disarray. It's a very interesting thing. It's a very interesting thing. And this could be, for example, let's say a secretary. A secretary in an office. So she's a pile. She's paid by the hour. And she wants to back out. But you know what? If she backs out, so then everything's going to fall disarray in the office because she knows exactly what's going on, who's, who needs to, what bills need to be collected. Every situ- Now, if she could just walk out and everything will continue to run as is, okay. Or someone could step right into her shoes, okay. But if it's a whole ASIC that she's, the whole thing's going to fall apart, that might be called the Dover Harvard. It's not so simple. I, there's no real monetary loss, but there is, the, he's saying that's a loss. So he says, No, I'm going to add in some words here that are not there. The, the, he says, um, the Balabais can't do this type of work himself, and it's called Nevad Shaloi, it's called that it is a loss. Okay, now the only exception the Shulchan Aruch continues here is, is except if there is a Oynes, something beyond the control of the Poyal. So we had this in the Gemara, someone died, 
or someone got sick. So if that's why he's backing out, even though it's a davar ha'avud, it's not really his fault. Now let's turn to page 41. There's a long Ramah in the middle we're skipping. So, but he says, top of 41, So now, if there was no Aynas, and the Payal backed out, and it's a davar ha'avud, so if this morning I could have found workers to work, and now when you back out I can't find them anymore. So the real the real Dover Havad here because my flax is gonna get ruined. We had this in the Gemara and the Mishnah. You're allowed to either hire other workers on their account, or you could trick them. Now let's see, turn the page, we'll skip the Ramah. Turn the page to page 42. Ketzad Matan. How do you trick them? Oymer lehem, you tell them, Selo katsatsi lechem, I promise you a sela. Bayu utulishtam. You want to back out? You know what, I'll pay you double. Achigmru malachta, until you finish the work. And then when you finish the work, Belayitan lehem elamasha pasuk tchila. And you uh, only have to give them what you originally made up. You know, as your mom is tricking them, you're promising them more money, and you don't have to give it. Um, okay, now let's skip to the next sif, sif vav. What's the case where you hire other workers? So you hire new workers. Let them finish the work so it shouldn't get lost. Whatever extra you have to pay, you can even take from the Rishonim. So this is like a Kablon, right? Here is a Payel, but he, since he's not allowed to back out, he's like a Kablon, which means to say he's penalized. Ad Kama continues the Shulchan Aruch. So how much? Is there a limit to how much they have to pay? So Ad Kedei Scharan Shal Rishonim. Until the amount of the first one's job. Now, there's a Machlaikas what this means. Um... There's a machlaikas here in the Sma. It's really a machlaikas Rishainim. And in this Sefer, he brings it down. Page 103. He brings down over here. What's Kedei Scharan? It's a machlaikas Rashi and the Rush. Rashi says, let's say you hire them for um, $100. And they only worked half the day, so they want $50. But it's going to cost you. Um, it's going to cost you more money for the rest of the day. So you're allowed to hire someone on their cheshbon up to the amount of money that they worked for. So up to fifty extra dollars. So it's going to cost me. If it costs me a hundred dollars to finish the day. So I pay 50, which I was going to pay anyways, and I take the 50, I was going to pay them, and they end up with zero. That's ad kedei scharon. They don't have to pay more. Like you asked before, what if it's more? Now that was by a kablon. By a kablon, there's also different halachas, perhaps. I think the shach talks about it. But here it says ad kedei scharon. However, the rush says no. The rush means to says ad kedei scharon means double what they were going to make. I mean, we're going to penalize them. Not only are they going to lose the money that they worked, they're going to have to pay a, an, another amount. So I could really find someone for $150, right? Because I'll pay the $50, 
plus I owe them 50, plus they have to pay me another 50. So he holds his mamash double, and that seems to be the halacha of Rav Rishonim, and that's how the Sma and the Shach Paskin as well. If you look at the Sma here on the top right, it says, The most you give is the full amount. Double the amount. So it's an actual penalty. They don't just lose what they did. They actually have to pay more. That's how serious it is to back out in a Dover Ha'avud. Which might be different than a Kablan who backs out in the middle of a job. Because in the middle of a job, you can get someone else to do it, perhaps. There's no inherent Dover Ha'avud. By a Dover Ha'avud, that means to say these guys are backing out and they're actually, there's going to be a major loss here. And I'm like desperate to find somebody or my Pishtun is dead. So then I could even d- penalize them to pay me not only what they were going to earn, plus they have to pay me out of their pocket as well, that amount. So that's the halacha by a, um, a, dover, a dover ha'avot. Now, um, now, when it comes to dover ha'avot, if we turn back to page 39, to the Arach HaShulchan. Very interesting Arach HaShulchan here. And he categorizes dover ha'avot. And the Archashulchan is on uh, the bottom of the first column, Sif Yud Ches. This is basically everything we just said. That everything, it's if it's not a Dover Ha'avod, but if it's a Dover Ha'avod, so then, if it's going to get ruined, top of the, to the next column, so then, um, now, this is what the, the, and the second line on the top column, on the, on the, uh, in the second column. Let's say you have workers who are tailors or shoemakers. You know, Erev Yantiv is busy season, right? And they decide, we're leaving. I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not working anymore. And it's not just, they're actually backing out when this is the main time of the year when we make our money. The rest of the year we're open. People, but Erev Yantiv, everybody needs us. Makes no difference how he's paid. That's called the Dover Ha'avod. Meaning to say, this is a Dover Ha'avod just doesn't just mean my flax is going to get ruined. If at this point, I'm not going to be able to find other people to be tailors and to be shoemakers, Erev Yantiv, when I'm in my busy season. And I'm not going to be able to keep up if you leave. That's called a Dover Ha'avod. And you're not allowed to leave even if you're a Poyal. Unless it's an Aynas. Okay, that's an Aynas. Um, now if you skip down a couple of lines where it says Shach, it says, Now this is another very interesting thing the Aruch HaShulchan says. Let's say you have a, a, the shoemakers and these guys, they're hired for the year. That means to say like this. When you cheshben a guy, he works for you all 12 months, right? Now, let's say you want to pay him for 12 months, you want to pay him $100 a month. Now, really, six of those months, he doesn't work $100 worth of work. He works $50 worth of work. Not so much work. Erev Yontif, he works $150 worth of work a month. But instead of paying him like that, you just cheshben how much it is over the year, the ups and the downs, and you divide it equally. 
Now he decides to back out before Yontif and he says, I worked half a year, pay me $100 a month. And you say to him, a chutzpah. You didn't work $100 worth a month. You worked $50 for these months. The only reason I hired you for $100 is because you're going to be working extra Yantif season. You backed out of Yantif season. So this is what he says. So, when you're paying in the middle of the year, you're paying for a month, you're paying for the month before Yantif too. Double. So Now this is the case. Why is he allowed to back out? We said he's not allowed to back out anyways in busy season. Let's say it's an oinus. He's allowed to back out. Still, So no, you as the, as the owner have a right to say, you didn't work $100 a month. You worked only $50 because you didn't work the busy season. I, we made up. And you're and that and you're allowed to back out because it's an oinus, and you should be paid for your work. You're right; you can be paid for your work. Not what we made up what your salary is going to be, because that's all cheshbenin. You know, it's 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 similar to in schools they do this. What do they do? They cheshben you working only ten months, and they pay you that ten months over twelve months. So you get paid in the summer. Why are you getting paid in the summer? You're really getting paid every month a little less. Here's the opposite. You're really be, you're getting paid more for the busy seasons. So there's cheshbainus in it. So when it comes to figure out how much work you did, the pile will say, well, look, I'm supposed to get paid $100 a month. That was our deal. No, no. Our deal was if you work a whole year, you get $100 a month. If you skip the busy seasons, that's not... So that's what he says. Okay. Now, if you turn the page to page 40... So this is the Pischei Chayshin, Rav Bloy, and he takes this Arach HaShulchan and he says another interesting thing. So if you see on the, on the bottom right there, where it says Liyasar Ion, he brings the Arach HaShulchan all the way to Adkan, and he writes like this, in the middle he says, like six lines down, Let's say when you're hired for the year, you, you get like certain vacation times. You get uh, either that, either either he's saying this is for the um, during the year, there's a certain amount of days, or chayv sheschag, or you get yantif, or there's other yamtayvim, or you get a bonus. He says for yantif, or other times of the year. So he says if there's no specific minig near a misvara, according to this arach hashulchan, who says that you figure out things based on the whole job plus to what you work, you have to bring this all into cheshbon. He says. Meaning to say, let's say you're paying, the guy is allowed to back out. The pile, a regular pile, he's allowed to back out. So you pay him for the first half of the year. So you're going to tell him, listen, you're supposed to get a certain amount of vacation days that are paid vacation days, but that's only if you work a whole year. You're backing out in the middle of the year. I'm not paying you for vacation days. So he says, no. You see from the Arach HaShulchan, you take each, um, each, each uh, uh, time period and its own merits. So the Arach HaShulchan took it to pay him less because he didn't work the Yantif season. He's saying, if in this time period a person is supposed to get a certain amount of paid vacation days, so even though he didn't work a whole year, you divide them up however it works. You divide it up and he should be paid for that. Or he says, or let's say bonuses. If there's bonuses that are paid every half a year. So you'll say, no, but that's only if you work a whole year. No, I worked a half a year, I should get the half a year bonus. I guess, unless there's a specific minute kavua, he says. Um, he says, 
and they bring down, they write on the bottom here, if you look on the bottom in the English, um, in the gray part, they say, when prorating wages for a worker, future paid vacation days shall also be included based on the amount of time he worked. This is common when a worker leaves right before or after a holiday break. So is that included in the payment or not? So one could argue, well, that's if, you, if you're not coming back, why should I pay you for Yantif? Say, no, because really the job included from Tishrei till after Pesach. So I should be paid for my yontif. So this is something, so all he's trying to bring out here is from the Aruch HaShulchan, you see that there's a lot of variables here. Things could change just because you made up something based on the entire year. Now you have to break it up into time periods. Okay, let's finish off one more thing here. And that is as follows. If you look on page 44, um, on page 44 at the top there, when we talk about a davar ha'avod, um, when we talk about a davar ha'avod, that the worker has to pay out of his salary of what he was going to be paid, so says the Ramah, v'davka b'davar ha'avod she'enay momen. Let's say there was a loss, and the loss, like we said, was because um, a malamed, he can't teach, or like we said, a secretary, and things are falling apart, and things like that. So that has to come out of the guy's salary. But what about a davar ha'avod shal momen? What happens if there's a direct loss of momen because of you? Meaning to say, let's say you backed out, and the pishtan didn't get taken out, and it got lost. Right? And I couldn't find any other workers and I couldn't trick you. Right? You caused me a loss. So I was allowed to hire workers out of your cheshman, up to double even. Right? But I, I wasn't able to. So now I lost my pishtan. Who has to pay for that pishtan? So says the, the Ramah, that you got to pay. That you got to pay. So the truth is, the truth is that the Ramah is paskening like a Hagoyis Ashri and an Amukha Yosef. Um, and the Hagoyis Ashri says, You have Mukhliv to pay. Why? The only reason you should be Mukhliv to pay here is because of the din of Garmi that we had last time. It's a direct loss that's going to happen because you backed out. However, most Rishayim argue on the Hagoyis Ashri and therefore in turn argue on this Ramah. And they paskin that the Halach is not like him. And and, um, and they say that you're not chayef to pay at all. You're not chayef to pay at all. Now why is that? And if you, on the right side on page 45 there's a chazanish. We're not going to go through it. There's a, there's a concept in Chayesha Mishpat that there's a concept called Kimli. Kimli means if you find a shita that says a certain thing and it's brought in Shulchan Aruch, you could say, I paskin like that shita. And therefore if you want me to pay you, you've got to prove somehow not like that. There's a concept you're allowed to say, I hold like a certain shita. You don't have that in other halachas so much. The Chazanish says that this Ramah, you can't even say Kimli. That's how much the halachas not like him. That you can't even say Kimli. Now, it, let's, let's think about it for a second. If remember a whole Lamdash discussion from last week. Why is it, we had Taisus who said Garmi, right? So that's the Haggai Sashri saying Garmi. But the Ritva and the Ramban, they all argued on him. And the Ritva says, the only reason I really have to cover losses is because there's a concept of arvus. We relied on each other. Or there was a takanas chachamim. So they say that's only, the only thing that I was mishabed myself because we rely on each other is that the job should get done. I was never mishabed myself to pay losses. I, I, that's, that's too much. 
I was willing that since we relied on ourselves on each other in order that I should be hired for the job and you should keep me on the job, so we rely on each other that the job should be covered. Okay? If you would have gotten workers, I would have to pay for those workers. Because that, yes, midin arvus, I agree to that. I'm backing out. But the fact that there's a gigantic loss because you couldn't find the workers, I'm sorry, I never was mishapping myself. And again, it's, it's very fluid because it's all telling what their das is or what the takana was. So therefore, they hold. Now, <coughs> if you hold of Dina Degami, you got to figure out what to do. But that's Agai Sashri. So that's another very important halacha because this halacha of losses happening is not actually going to be mechai of the guy to pay for the loss. It's only mechai of him to pay for a worker to cover the work that he's going to do. But if there ends up being no coverage and there's an actual loss, it's not so simple that he has to pay for that loss. I guess we're both happy. He hires somebody, he leaves halfway through. By the time he finds somebody else, a week to later, the flat comes back. Now he lost the, the flats and he had to pay the guy. He had to pay other people to work there also. He hired people to come so in. That's a good question. That's a very good question. So that, but so, but, you mean, Okay, but he would have to pay for the people to, for that has to come out of his pocket. And also, and also, so that might even be a grama by that point. It might not even be garmi anymore. See, that might be a grama. Now it is brought down actually in some svarim that they say that this halach of not paying the damage, it may not be garmi, but it's for sure a grama. And if it's a grama, yechai bedine shamai. Meaning it's bezdin can't obligate you. But yomaisa bedine shamayim, you're a grama, and you would have to, you know, work that out in shamayim. Um... Now, the last thing I just want to point out, and we'll finish the sugya with this, is this idea that when there's a dover ha'avod, we said if you back out, you get penalized, and you have to pay for the day to be finished. Does that mean you're allowed to back out and accept on yourself to pay? Or really, you're not supposed to be backing out? Really, l'chatkila, you shouldn't back out. If you back out, this is what the halacha is. The nafkamina would be if Bezdin has some mechanism of forcing you to work. If you're not allowed to back out and you do, so the guy could run to Bezdin and say, no, listen, you got to go and do the work. If I'm allowed to back out, I just want to pay, so Bezdin can't force me. They just could force me to pay to hire new workers. So that's a machlaikas here. On page 47, they bring, Rav Shalem Zalman Arbach says that even by Yadavar Ha'avud, um, you're allowed to back out. The Balabais cannot force him to work. That's called Avdus already. That's called Avdus. A poil, even though this guy's not allowed to back out, he's not not allowed to back out because he's an Eved. He's not back out because he's causing a loss, right? But if he's willing to pay for that loss, so let him back out. He's an Eved. He's not an Eved. On the next page, Rebaran Cutler, a Mishnah's Rebaran, he says, um, where they say, Liyasar Ion, he says, like in the, about seven, eight lines down, in the middle of the line, he writes, You're not allowed to go back. And he continues a few lines, uh, about four or five lines further. He says, You know why you're not, why you're not allowed to back out from a Dover Avod? Is because you're not allowed to cause damages to your friend. It's a mazik thing. So you're not allowed to cause damages. So you're not allowed to back out. Just like you're not allowed to damage Almanas to pay, but once you damage, you have to pay. Here also, you're not allowed to damage the guy. If you back out and damage him, you have to pay, but you're not allowed to. So there's a, big, a very big machlaikas here. If a person is the secretary wants to leave, and it's going to be a Dover Ovid, he says, no problem. I'll pay for the Dover Ovid. Right? Could we tell her, listen, you're not supposed to be backing out. You're doing an Avla by backing out. Or not. 
that will be telling this machlekes of Shleim Zalman and Rebbe Aaron. And Bez Hashem, we will continue with next week's sugya of Bez Hashem.